0: Live for another edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick, joined as always by Alex Barth from 985 The Sports Hub. Uh, we're going to get into a Q&A here. We're going to lean it back a little bit and answer all your questions uh, on this Patriots bye week So uh, please populate the chat with some of your questions and we will get to as many as possible. Um, rip them in there and we'll do a kind of rapid fire thing and uh, we'll get that thing going. So uh, me and Alex, again, we were down at uh, Gillette Stadium today, kind of getting the grasp of, you know, where this team is post-bye week. And uh, let's sort of get into that because before we start, we'll kind of just hit on this because I think personally that despite not playing a single game, this team sort of won the bye week. Um, they got healthy. I wrote about this a little bit more on Media.com today, but they got healthy and then the AFC kind of worked itself around them. And now they sit in a playoff spot. So they're now the seventh seed. Um, you know, we can talk about the games here, especially in the AFC East. The Bills go down. The Dolphins keep winning. But uh, just your thoughts on kind of where the Patriots are
1: at and then also, you know, where, where they are post-bye. Yeah. I, did they win the bye week in, in the sense of a lot of games went the way they needed them to go? Yes. Uh, this we this also happened at this time last year. Remember, they were the number one seed at the AFC yep. uh, coming out of the bye week last year. So it it only means as much as they can take advantage of it, right? If, if they go on and and rip off a couple of wins here and beat the jets and maybe take one from the bills, then this, we're going to look back on this weekend and say, this was massive. If they, you know, only manage to win one game after the bye like they did last year, then this becomes a a major, major, major footnote. So it's a nice thought, but they've got to, they've got to pull their weight on, on that take kind of. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Look, the one thing that kind of
0: ekes out of me is the Dolphins, and just Tua is fourteen and two in his last sixteen starts. A guy who we've ripped on on this show before, on our Pats post game before, like he just wins games. I mean, he's an MVP candidate now in the top two. Uh, Mike McDaniel is probably a Coach of the Year candidate. He'd probably win it if you know Dayball and Sirianni weren't having such great years. But like, you know, they they're they're gonna have a real chance to beat some teams that, A, are in front of them in the AFC playoff picture, but, you know, B, just in their own division, right? So, like, it's going to, you know, it's going to get ugly, if you will, in a good way, whether it's good or bad for them or other teams in the division. But uh, the other thing that happened, too, uh, before we kind of populate some questions in here, is the Raiders went down against Jeff Saturday and the Colts. And uh, Jeff Howe from The Athletic, along with several others, ended up reporting today that Josh McDaniels' job is safe in Vegas for the year. Originally, I was thinking that, you know, maybe this would uh, this would allow McDaniels to get kicked out of there early, come home again and just, you know, come crawling back, if you will, and kind of have a better, uh, more comfortable spot here in in New England and get Mac Jones on track for where he was last year, Uh, whether that be at the end of the season or during the season, who knows. But it doesn't look like they're going to part ways with him, but the Raiders are struggling. And, you know, do you see McDaniels there long term? Kind of what do you have any opinion or thoughts there and kind of where that will end up, where that will go?
1: I saw. I don't remember who had this on Twitter. Somebody had it on Twitter. Really interesting take that was basically: Would the Raiders hold on to Josh McDaniels through the offseason just to see if they can land Tom Brady? Right. You figure okay. if they have Josh McDaniels, they're going to be a player from Brady. We know that in the past, Brady showed interest in going to Vegas. So yep. Uh, if and, and and if that's a their their justification for holding on to him, that's not the worst reason in the world. This the season's right. already kind of cooked at this point anyway. You know, I don't know that firing McDaniels and Bring in another coach. Suddenly they're Super Bowl favorites again. They're two and seven. That's a massive hole to dig out of. Right. You've also got to remember Josh McDaniels is there because Dave Ziegler's there. The GM. They went there together. So I don't know that you can fire McDaniels without also firing Ziegler. Now this is a major, major, major reset. So right. I think he makes it through the off season. I think he's a guy that will be on a very short leash leash to start next season. But there's a couple of reasons why I think that they'll hold on to him through the season. No, if anybody's one and done, it's Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, He is the one and done coach right now because he's not necessarily, like obviously the Broncos hired him, but he's not their guy. He's a coach they've hired. He's not the coach they've hired. And that thing's just been, I I, I mean, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. They were supposed to be better than the Raiders. You bring in. Russell Wilson. The other thing is the GM, after that trade, the GM might be, and, and I can't remember the name. I know John Elway got promoted. George to like Patton. It's George Patton. Kind of role. Thank you. George Patton yep. makes the trade he does. The team comes out like this. Both of those guys, to me, are the one-and-done candidates this year. Well,
0: that's too. Like, you know, Josh and uh, Josh and Ziegler are tied together. So that's a right. more difficult move to make, where the Nathaniel Hackett thing it almost felt like it was a precursor to bringing Aaron Rodgers into the fold in Denver, and then that just yeah. never ended up happening. So that kind of—I feel like they have more, more of a way, an easier way out to get rid of get rid of Hackett there than Vegas does with McDaniel's. But let's start with the Q and A, and let's bounce that off of. Say McDaniel's did come back here. First question is: Will Mac trust McDaniel's as much, even if he does come back, because he left? I think those are two separate things in my opinion. Yeah. I think I, he had to go take a head coaching job. You get paid more. You run your own franchise. It's a dream. It's why you're in the profession. I don't think they fault him for going to take that job. And frankly, I don't think Mac trusts the guy he has in the room now in Judge yeah. and Patricia. So, like... I think he would welcome Josh back with open arms given the success they had together last year. And, you know, I tweet about this all the time and people are always in my mentions, you know, 47 to 17, they lost to the bills. And like, no, McDaniels was a mate was perennial in having in Mac having the success he had last year. It got ugly down the stretch. We know that we'll, we'll get into that all this week, even more, and probably throw out the Q and a with, you know, what happened last year at the bye week but no Mac would, I guarantee he would welcome Josh back with open arms. I feel like they had a great relationship, and he really helped him succeed as a quarterback.
1: Yeah, this isn't like a you left me, how do I know you're not going to leave no. again thing. One, first of all, he's not going to leave again. He's never going to be a head coach again. This is it. This is right. it. He failed spectacularly in Denver. I think the Indy thing still gets held against him uh, by teams around the league. He's not leaving again until he retires. Uh, yeah. The other thing is, yeah, it, it's not like getting back with your ex. No, this is, he He went to take a better job. You're happy for your friend for taking a better job. I. It's not... These kind of moves are not viewed through that lens, no.
0: Yeah, he didn't uh, – it's not like he took a lateral move either. Like you said, he took no. he took a promotion. So, like, if he went lateral, maybe went for a better quarterback strictly to, you know, be an offensive coordinator again, that that would be a different question. But, you know, like you said, he took a promotion and he kind of had to do that. Um, yeah. Looking for questions
1: here in the chat. Here, um, I'll pull this up. Okay. Uh, apples and oranges. I – yeah, Tyquan Thornton was not brought in to be. Uh, I, and I saw some people talking about in the chat before. I'm assuming that's where this came from. People are saying, "You look at what Justin Jefferson makes Kirk Cousins look like. What Stephon Diggs makes Josh Allen look like. Can they get that guy from Mac Jones? Absolutely, a conversation to have. Absolutely, a conversation that we're going to have a ton this off season. Spoiler alert: I'm going to be all in on Jerry Judy. Um, okay. Tyquan Thornton was not drafted to be that guy. He was drafted to be Nelson Aguilar's replacement, hopefully an improvement, be the speed guy. If anybody on that, this team was brought in to fill this role, it was Devontae Parker. Now I don't think yeah. Devontae Parker, and I like Devontae Parker. I like that acquisition. I never thought he was going to be that kind of player. If they expected him to have a Justin Jefferson, uh, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase type of impact, He's not. He, he's not that guy. He wasn't going to be that guy. Right. Not liking Thornton because he's not putting up 120 receiving yards a game. Like that's not who he is, especially as a rookie. He was never gonna be that guy as right. a rookie. This team's track record with rookies. I it you're right. Panic and wanting a veteran superstar wide receiver like that is going to be the, the two things pending something weird happening in free agency. And look, the Shaq Mason move happened last year, but pending something weird, I think 90% of what we talk about going into this offseason is going to be getting a left tackle, like a yeah. franchise left tackle and a superstar boundary wide receiver. Those are, gonna be, those are really the two big holes. Besides that, the rest of the roster actually feels pretty solid. Uh, you know, they got to kind of figure out what they're doing it, it, at some other spots. That, you know, they could use a linebacker. Uh, they, they could probably use a safety. We'll see what happens with Devin McCordy, but they have depth there. They have internal options. They right. do need a veteran superstar wide receiver. Tyquan Thornton not being that guy—he's not even uh, nine. That's games not in his the reason you need right? to go get one. Yeah, right. Tyquan Thornton not being that guy five years, five games into his career, is not a reason to write off Tyquan Thornton. I still think he has tremendous potential. Yeah. I this this feels like uh, you know a tremendous leap to just yeah. criticize. No, I agree. Like you said,
0: it wasn't in the cards for him either, and not only was he a rookie, and the Patriots, you know, don't tend to. Throw rookies into the fold right away. He was a rookie who also missed his first four games, so yeah, he was he came into the thing unhealthy. I want to bounce off this for you because you wrote about this, uh, some RPOs. Just if you want to bounce, if they'll you know if they'll try and incorporate more of this uh, moving forward, and kind of see where they'll try and I think they're going to try and fit Thornton in more anyway, just because of the speed. He had another week to get even healthier, um, but specifically on RPOs, I don't know if you had anything
1: more on that. So here's what what's encouraging. First off, with Taquan Thornton. I just kind of talked about how they're very hesitant with rookies. And actually, I want to pull some numbers up here that are going to back me it's up does not want to have the exact numbers. They are hesitant with rookies, but Bill Belichick does like to say once you get to Thanksgiving, there's no rookies, right? Everybody's yeah. played enough games. Uh, the guy I'm pulling up here is Ramondre Stevenson because I want the yeah. exact numbers, but I believe last year it was around this time that his usage rate started to take off. Yeah. Yeah, it was. He um, we so week thirteen, so a little before the bye, um, because bye was later last year, but he played significantly more down the stretch. Could we see the same thing with Tyquan Thornton? And in that regard, yes, I think RPOs would be massive for this offense. I yeah. wrote extensively about this on ninety eight five today. dot today. Encourage everybody to check it out. Um, yeah, do it. Very much stuff. the tone of this show.
0: Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. Always your continued source for sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50
1: to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, one of my favorite things I've written this season, the Patriots last year, they didn't run a lot of RPOs relative to the rest of the league. They ran 52 RPOs, which was tied for the 25th most of the, in the NFL. Now, keeping that in mind, they averaged 9.6 yards per play on the RPOs, which was the best in the league, by almost mm-hmm. two yards per play like significantly the best in the league. So you think, all right. And they're not going to average 9.6. If they keep running RPOs at that rate, right? There's teams that run two, 300 RPOs a year. If the Patriots start running that that many, they're not going to keep averaging 9.6. The yards length, per play, It's right. going to come down, but it felt like something, Hey, this is something max comfortable with. And it made sense. He ran a lot of Alabama, something the rest of the team is comfortable with. It's a good thing for the young quarterback to kind of get him going. It felt that way. It really did about RPOs last year. This year, two numbers are way down. The overall number of RPOs has dropped significantly. They've run just 15 in nine games, and just six of those have come when Mac Jones is on the field. They ran some with Bailey Zappi as well. I think they actually ran one also with Brian Hoyer. In the ones they're running, the average yards per play has dropped below the league average. So they led the league last year, Mm-hmm. There, I think it's 22nd, and this is all going into week. I, I did the math before Sunday. Um, so sure. going into this week, um, the average yards per play drops to about six, so they're running fewer RPOs, they're having less success with them. Why I don't think it's actually McDaniel's thing because the Raiders are the second worst RPO team in the league this year, they're averaging 3.9 yards per play, yeah, which is not good, period. Um, so I, wore, I one time I wear my glasses, I'm totally nerding out. That's perfect. <laughs> um, what so what changed? I think some of it is RPOs can be like a volume, like a rhythm play. The more you yep. do them because it's a it's a read. And again, if you don't know what an RPO is, go 985 thesportsupcom I explain it. Uh, but it's a play that when you get in a rhythm, they become a little easier. It's like a, a, a microwave shooter in basketball, right? A guy that the more shots he takes, the better yep. he gets because he's feeling it. So running more RPOs could help. The other thing is it's the kind of RPOs they're running. I'd remind everybody, an RPO is a concept. It's not a play. You don't go into the R into the huddle and go RPO ready break. Right. There's several different types of them. So it means run pass. Means run pass options. Run option, pass options. Right. So it's 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 like everything's okay, there's two play calls. You can run or you can pass. Now there's this third thing that's both. Um, They're running a lot of bubble screens. Almost exclusively bubble screens is the pass option on these RPOs. And I like bubble screen RPOs. I think it's kind of the the way the play flows. I think it works well. That being said, when it's the only RPO you're running, uh, it's not going to be as effective. They've got two great slant receivers in Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker. I'd love to see some. and, And they ran slant RPOs last year. They did. They ran slant. They ran uh, a couple fade RPOs. The bubble yep. screen was still a big part of it, but they were mixing it in, right? I'd like to, so I'd like to see them run more RPOs, but I'd really just different different route combinations off of it, especially that slant, because I think again Thornton and Parker, for different reasons, are very good on that route, and when you incorporate that on into an RPO, I think there are some chances to really move the ball there. So that's kind of my RPO spiel, and again, Tyquan Thornton fits it. I think one way or the other, we're going to see him more down the stretch here. Yeah, but that's a way to really get him involved, get him in a rhythm. I mean, get Mac in a rhythm too. And the one other thing I'd say about RPOs, the biggest issue for this offense right now, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, Mike dump on Mac, all you want. The biggest issue for this, this offense is the offensive line. When the offensive line figures it out, I'm telling you, Mac's going to look better. The receivers are going to look better. Even Ramondre is going to look better. I know he's looked really good. They've left some chances for him on the table with how this offensive line is played. The offensive line is the one position that you can't hide, right? You can right. hide a deficiency at running back. You can maybe hide a deficiency at wide receiver. You know, when you have guys like James White, and Rob Gronkowski, you cannot hide your offensive line. If your offensive line is not good, that will show. It does not matter what you call. But RPOs, because it's a quick release play that essentially is designed to leave one player unblocked, Right. you can it is the best way possible to negate the negative impacts of a bad offensive line. So the RPO running RPOs will help the offensive line out as well. So I, I there's a million reasons. I would love to see them run it more. Who knows that they will or not. It's something to watch. Again, I go into this as, as much as I just talked about it, very in depth, even more in depth on 98, five, the sports com. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to see more RPOs. Sure. So,
0: I mean, as you were sort of, as, like you said, Alex went on his little uh, his rant there for uh, RPOs. I'm going to quickly rant about LinkedIn, and then we'll get back to the Q&As, uh, if I can just hide that, because I have my two cents about our uh, presenting sponsors here at LinkedIn. Uh, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes waiter for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and they make it super easy to post your job. Then just add the per- then add your listing and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right tools and experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we inch close to December, now's the perfect time to add the right team member and end 2022 strong. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number 1 in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/beat. That's linkedin.com/beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions as always apply. Thank you for listening to me. Go on my spiel. So speaking of the <laughs> Yeah, we we traded off there. Uh, but uh going back to the offense like you I mean we talked about the types of plays they'll run just now, but this one kind of interested me, and it's more so behind the scenesy, if you will, not so much you know um, scheme stuff. But do you think they'll? Do you think Belichick has has it in him to part ways with Patricia and Judge uh, and kind of get a new offensive coordinator in here if they can't figure it out uh, down the stretch here? Because I, I like it seems like to me that this kind of felt like a placeholder. And it's like, okay, you have yeah. Patricia and Judge getting paid by other teams. We've talked about it. People have talked about it. But they're getting paid by other teams. They're not on your payroll. They're probably here for cheaper. They're your friends. It's almost like they're doing you a favor. But is is the plan to expand on this? Or is the plan to teach these guys and let them take over the reins? Um, so I guess, do you think they will? And do you think they should?
1: So i I don't think like... Judge or Patricia will get fired. I don't think they're going to hire somebody and name them the OC. I think what you could see is somebody brought in that gets some senior offensive strategist, some title like that. The bogus ones they throw around. yeah. Right. That comes in and reworks it. Um, The interesting thing here, and I'm just going to kind of answer another part of this question because he mentioned Mac being fine in the McDaniel system. I've seen a lot of people suggest that, well, you know, they need Josh McDaniels back, Josh McDaniels shot. And I think Josh McDaniels being back would be an improvement. I do. But what, and we're going to get kind of philosophical here. And I'll ask you this question, Mike, Let's hear it. what is the bigger reason the offense is performing the way it is? Is it because Josh McDaniels left or is it because Matt Patricia replaced him? Do you get what I'm asking? Yes, I do. And it's,
0: it's because Patricia replaced him because yeah. in theory you could have replaced McDaniels with something half as good as Patricia or I mean, sure. half, but you got what Twice I'm saying? Twice as good. Yeah. Yeah. In between. Right. And,
1: and it would have been fine, but yeah, go ahead. But no. So, so I would just, I would just say this to people because this is a conversation we're going to have. What do they do at OC and not now, but right. in the offseason? but I would say this, I don't, I think in some ways it's been framed as Josh McDaniels or bust for this offense. I I wouldn't go that far. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't take Josh McDaniels back. I would, but it, yeah, I'll take anybody with offensive experience at this point is, is is kind of more so where I'm coming from. Like, yeah, Josh McDaniels would be great. Somebody from that tree who actually knows offense would be great, whether it's, um, you know, a guy like Chad O'Shea coming back, whether it's yeah. Bo Hardagree, who's the quarterback's coach in Vegas right now. Like, I, I don't, like, I just, I don't think that the, well, it's McDaniels, or it's judge slash judge Patricia. Patricia. Yeah. Those aren't the only two options. Like I just, I would remind people that I I think that there's, I think they they would explore all options, right? It's not going to be, Oh, well, Josh is staying in Vegas. So we're sticking with, with Matt and Joe. I think some people are thinking about it that way. And I understand why yeah. I, I, I was kind of like, it took me a minute to be like, no, it's not just that, you know, it's going to go beyond that. So I don't know. It's just a take I had over the weekend. I thought I had over the weekend that, you know, start, It's not just those guys start looking around, see what else is out there and uh, just somebody with an offensive um, mindset. So this is an interesting one Uh, as an Alabama fan, the Patriots have Bill O'Brien back Bill O'Brien. They are not fans of him in Alabama right now. I, some of it's justified. Mm -hmm. I think that they're not getting the play out of their receivers that they may be expected to. I just don't think those guys are as good as maybe projected. I don't think Bill O'Brien's coming back. I think he, you can call this informed speculation. Um, I, I think he wants to stay in college. I think, okay. he, and here's, he's going to get a college head coaching job.
0: That's where I was going to go with this. Right. Like, I feel like he stayed there in order to, you know, give himself, like, he got himself the Alabama, the Nick Saban treatment. Saban did it with Lane Kiffin. He did it with Steve Sark. You know, come here, call our offense and. We can mold you into, you know, a head candidate, a head coaching candidate again. The way they've struggled this year, it seems like, again, I was thinking maybe that's not the case because, you know, they're not the Bama of old, and they're not. I mean, granted, you have Bryce Young and everything, but it's like, is he pulling them down? So you can go off what you just said, but that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if he, you know, molded himself as well as
1: he might have hoped. He he he's not going to get like the Auburn job or the Wisconsin right. job. But I'll tell you this: the really interesting one for me with him is BC if they move on from Jeff Hafley because informed speculation. No, this is, this is just <laughs> guessing. This is just guessing. Okay. Um, he, uh, he, you look at what he did at Penn state and he took a program that by all accounts should have been dead in the water mm-hmm. and in no time brought them back to national prominence. Yep. Not to excuse what what the school did by any means, but with the pieces he was given in the fallout, he did an excellent job. I think a program like BC that obviously is not penalized the way Penn State was penalized, but is at another sort of rock bottom where they're at having a guy who's not just a good coach, but knows how to rebuild a program to start a program from scratch. Essentially. I think there'd be tremendous value in BC having a guy like that. He's also a local guy. He's from Massachusetts. He has connections in the area. He's recruited in the Northeast before. If I'm BC, I'm offering him a blank check. Like if, if they care at all about saving that football program, which is a completely separate conversation. We don't need to, we could maybe save for a college football minute another time, but I don't, I, he's going to get a head coaching job at the college level. And it's not even an indictment on the Patriots really to say that that's a better job than, than being the OC for the Patriots. He just, it is, you look at, and I don't know that he's going to get Jimbo Fisher money, but Jimbo Fisher is going to get $80 million to sit on his couch for the next 10 years. Right. Why would he come be an assistant in the NFL when he's either a going to run his own program or B get a massive buyout? Cause those things aren't changing. So yeah, I, I, I don't think he's coming back. I don't. And it's just, there's a number of reasons for that. I want to bring this comment up, and That's I it. realize we're going back to this guy, and he's probably just trolling us with all of these awful, awful takes. Lamar Jackson didn't need all that stuff. He's talking about, you know, the help of the coordinators and the receivers. Uh, just shows how mid-Mac Jones is. Taking nothing away from Lamar Jackson. He was my MVP pick coming into the season. But to say Lamar Jackson didn't need the right situation, you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Go back and watch Lamar as a rookie when he's running the Joe Flacco offense in Baltimore. He's a traditional shotgun drop back passer. He struggled. It was ugly. Yep. They go out, they 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 bring in uh uh Greg Roman. Greg, Greg Roman, Roman, thank you. I want to yep. say Wink Martindale for some reason. They they bring <laughs> he's the in DC. Greg, he's the defensive right. guy thank who's you. in the Giants now. They they bring in Greg Roman. They start running a system that kind of capitalizes on Lamar Jackson's strengths, which 100%. they were not doing before with the Joe Flacco system, which why would they, they were playing the Joe Flacco strengths. They go out, they get these big body receivers. They get these yards after catch receivers. They get these bullying running backs that can play off of them. It's it, the system's built around it. The whole idea of a system quarterback, there has never been and will never be a quarterback that is equally good in every offensive system every quarterback has a system that they're going to be better in because no two players are the same and everybody has a different skill set tailoring your offense to the quarterback skill set is not a sign that the quarterback is bad it's just what you do it's basic right. football offensive game planning 101 every team has done that since the beginning of the game tom brady they built the system around his skill sets he had very unique skill sets, which which elevated that system and made it so good. They were able to do certain things that that you know, he other quarterbacks wouldn't have been able to do. But I'll right. say, I just said about like Lamar, right? Put him in a drop back, you know, put him in the Brady offense, and he'd probably struggle. Put Brady in Lamar offense, and he's going to struggle tremendously. Right. It's it's all about fitting this. You want to build your offense around your quarterback strengths. Two is another great example. They've done an excellent job building that offense around with Tua does best. Um, um, I'm um, with, what the Rams did last year for Stafford is another example. They've kind of gotten away for that this year from yeah. that this year. Um, the Niners are another one. Uh, the Packers up until this year, the Packers are a great example of, they went away from Aaron Rodgers' strengths. He wants to throw the ball down the field. He wants to yep. throw 50, 50 balls, use that downfield accuracy. And they try to make him dink and dunk. And he just doesn't have the patience for that. It's not in his game. So, it's not that Mac isn't good. It's that they're not letting him do what he's good at. Right. And that, that's where all this frustration comes from. That's what it all boils down to is last year they did a great job, a fantastic job of tailoring the offense to Mac Jones. And it felt like when that season ended, it was basically, if you put some more talent around him, certain kinds of players to enhance what he already does, right? Like, for instance, uh, the the um, the Ravens. Adding uh, a guy like Devin Duvernay, who was right the perfect wide receiver for that offense. Mm-hmm. If they could make targeted additions like that, that was going to be and then Mac naturally taking that second year leap, that's what was going to move things forward. Instead, they've kind of changed what the offense is in and drifted away from what uh from what Mac does as strength. Right. So just to follow this up here, because somebody's asking me, um, Somebody said Brady would struggle in the Ravens' offense right now. Followed it up by saying the Ravens have good players. It's not like the play, it's not just the players; it's, it's, it's the it's scheme. The, it's the scheme, right? The types of let, play calls. If you let Brady run Brady's offense with the Ravens' players, it would probably look pretty good. But if you're right. putting him out there running triple options and all these quarterback power, like that, yeah, right, yeah, he right, can't run it. It's not to his skill set.
0: Zone um, read type thing, and even to your right. point before, it's like. The best quarterbacks in the NFL that the coaches scheme the game up around them. Like a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who has Tyreek Hill and they take deep shots with him. Tyreek Hill leaves. They try and bring guys in. It doesn't work. They go get a guy like Kadarius Tony to fit their system and fit their scheme. So it's like you have to adjust on the fly and you got to make things happen for your guy. Even Josh Allen, right? They do it for him. They go get him Stephon Diggs and they go get Gabe Davis and they change the, you know, Ken Dorsey calls the offense. I still don't know that that
1: offense is built around Josh Allen. Correct. But it's, if we're being honest,
0: but they give him, you know, I guess they give him toys to work with that so, would so fit the type of offense. They want to run.
1: Right. So it's two different, it's two different things. It's yes. Get the right. It's it's find an offensive system an offensive scheme tendencies that fit your quarterback and right. then put good players that fit that scheme around them. They've built the sit, like the, 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 offensive system for Allen is correct, but Yes. They still have a running game and he has to run the ball too much. And he takes all these hits like that right. to me is, that's an example of where if they could just put together a decent running game, and I don't know what it is. Cause they have a decent offensive line. I like their backs. I really like James cook in the draft. Yeah. I mean, still, they just can't run the football. Yeah. I know. If they could run the football, honestly, like then Josh Allen would truly be unlocked. I don't think he's truly unlocked right now. Cause he has yeah. to run the football all the time. He takes all these hits and you can, you see it, you're seeing it right now. It, it takes this toe. It takes this toll.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, one here for you that has popped up a few times now, but I mean, let's go back to getting toys for people, right? That we'll we'll yeah. do this one, and then I have another one too. But Brandon Ayuk, uh, in San Francisco, what do you think about his availability and uh, if the Patriots could go get him? I mean, that's a guy who the San Francisco they already have Debo, they have George Kittle, they bring in McCaffrey. I mean, in theory, they're going to want to keep Ayuk there because he's just another superstar. Who you know, superstars is a stretch, but that's how they put it in the comment. He's a guy who plays really good football and fits. I think he fits their scheme well as sort of a third, fourth option there, but he could end up commanding a, a lot of money somewhere else. So what do you think about his fit here?
1: Yeah, I don't, don't get me wrong. I, I I really like him as a player. Uh, I, I really do. I just, like you said, he's the third or fourth option. Right. He's never had more than 800 receiving yards in a season. What does he look like when he is that number one guy? You know, he's not getting covered right. by number one corners. Teams aren't scheming to stop him. Like, if you really want to go get it, he would almost be comparable to me to getting Devontae Parker. And I'm not saying that he's the same player as Devontae Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that same idea where, like, you said, you even said it there. You called him a superstar because that's how the question phrased it. But is he, is he not? If you have to ask the question, he's probably not. Yeah. Go get a guy who's done it. Go get a guy who's been a number one who's elevated the team again. Stefan Diggs, what he did for the Vikings, right. he elevated that team. There was no way to question it.
0: Um,
1: Here and I, I know I... a guy
0: like Michael Gallup. Like Michael Gallup is a guy who second tier. It's almost exactly like a shit. yeah. Like, so my one of my friends, sorry, just to kind of go off that. No, my, go one of my friend, one of my friend, my friend Joey, shout out Joey. Uh, in our dynasty fantasy football league, was all about going to get Michael Gallup because. He thought that he would end up somewhere else outside of Dallas to be their number one, and he would be that guy. But that doesn't necessarily happen as often as you think. Like you said, Devontae Parker is a good example of that. Or, um, it, yeah, it just it feels like he might be someone who, you know, you put him on their own, and they're not as good as they are as the
1: second so look, option. So, I, look, I wouldn't be opposed to getting him because I think – right. You know, I, like I said, I still think Tyquan Thornton has upside. And if, if they really believe in Thornton taking off and it's Thornton and Iuke and Jacoby Myers, like that's pretty good. That's a pretty good group. Assuming Thornton develops the way we think he's going to develop. Right. But I don't know that I would sit here and say, yes, they got their equivalent of what Stefan Diggs is to Josh Allen or what Jamar Chase is to Joe Burrow. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far with a guy like Brandon. Right. wouldn't be a bad addition at all. No, but I don't. I don't think, and I I know at the beginning I said Jerry Judy, and people are gonna say, well, Jerry Judy hasn't done it either. Well, Jerry Judy's never at a quarterback, never. Right. Um, And he gets hurt a lot. That's the risk with him. When he's healthy, he's a number one. I don't think there's a ton of question about it. He just can't stay healthy, which is a risk in itself. But unfortunately, like I look at the market, I would imagine the Vikings are gonna pay Jefferson. I I don't see a where they let him out the building. Jerry Judy's the guy then. Jerry Judy is the guy. And I I think at a certain point, you just have to go with what the market dictates unless, unless they want to get really aggressive in the draft and trade up for a guy like Jackson Smith and Jim, but then, yeah. you know, I keep bringing up Jamar chase in this conversation because I think what he did for Joe burrow is comparable to what Stefan Diggs for Josh Allen right. did for Josh Allen. Obviously it's different circumstances. The, the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase. Right. Or uh like Jalen Waddle in Miami. I guess the Dolphins did both. They drafted Jalen Waddle and they traded for Tyreek. Um or Tyreek, thank you. Yep. That would that would be the argument there would, would be, you know, at that point I think, all right, is it um, you know, do you trade up for Jackson Smith and Jigba? Honestly, a guy they'd probably really like is why can't I do names tonight? Uh the kid from Pitt who transferred Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, at Addison. USC yep. like then at, at that point, maybe we start having that conversation, which
0: yep. we'll do in the off season. All right. Let's have fun. Yeah. All right. WH is the question asker. Would you rather have Mac Brady Rogers or Zappy as the quarterback next year? Brady. You take it's the answer is Brady. And you take off Zappy right away. Right. He's, he's clearly the worst one here. I'm not doing that. Uh, no offense. I love Bailey Zappy. He was great. I think he's a good backup, but I think he got exposed a little bit at the end of that, uh, Bears game, I think it's Brady. You want Brady. Then I'd, I would think I would stick with Mac before I go get Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's a little bit more bought out than Brady is right now. I think Brady wants to keep playing. I think he wants to go elsewhere and try and win somewhere else. Um, and I think that the Patriots kind of have a little bit of a, it, put it this way, if they went and got Brady, they would, they would say, let's go win a Super Bowl. Right. Rodgers would come here and I think they'd be good. But again, he seems like a little bit more bought out. I think Brady would be the best fit to come back here and be the quarterback next year. So Brady's my pick as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you reset it, first of all, it, it between Mac and Zappy, it's Mac. Mac still has a yeah, totally. higher ceiling. Yep. Between Brady and Rodgers, Brady's the better quarterback. And if you're, if you're going to move on anyway, right. And go back into that quarterback carousel, which so many people seem ready to do, which frustrates the hell out yeah. of me. Mac Jones, not being a top five quarterback in the NFL in year two does not, which I think some people want him to be, does not mean that Mac Jones is not a franchise, like cannot be a, you know, franchise caliber quarterback, a, a, a Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan type down the road, especially when you look at the situation he's been put in. Um I, but if you're going to hit, if you really want to go back in that quarterback carousel, which again, do you really want to go down that road? Look at the Browns. No. Look at what the Bills were for years. Uh, look at uh, what the the Lions have been like, you, or not the, the Broncos. Lions, yeah. The, the, the Broncos, Broncos were in it for a while. No, but there's the Bears. The Bears, are the team I was trying to think. Yeah, of. The, the, okay. the Bears were in that quarterback carousel for years and years and years. You go into that, suddenly it's thirty years later, and, and you you know you've made one or two playoffs. Like you don't. You got thirty names it's so on your jersey. Hard. We all watched the last dance, and and the Bulls were so quick to rush into that rebuild. Because they're like, oh well, the sooner we start this, the sooner we'll be good again. And you never know. Remember when people were pushing Tom Brady out the door because, eh, just go and get the next guy as if it's that easy. A lot of those, same or people, or they the way, have the guy in Jimmy, a lot who was not the guy. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot of the people who were pushing Brady out the door are now pushing Mac out the door. Clearly, learned nothing, zero right. zilch. You don't want to be in that quarterback carousel at no. all. If there's a chance Mac is the guy, you stick with him. What we've seen so far has not disproven that Mac is the guy. He hasn't proven he is, but he has not proven he isn't either. All he's proven is that Matt Patricia doesn't know what he's doing as an offensive coordinator, and the offensive line isn't good. That's what's been proven. That being said, if you are going to hit the reset button, you might as well have a year of fun first, right? Like, if you bring Brady back, it's a short-term thing. It's maybe two years, probably one, maybe two. And then you're back in the quarterback carousel. But if you're moving on from Mac, you're going back into the quarterback carousel anyway, it's going to be 2020 all over again. And it's going to be Cam Newton and Jared Stidham where the answer is really neither. That's what you're rooting for if you're pushing Mac out the door. Might as well bring Brady back for one last ride before we do that nonsense again.
0: Last Dance 2.0 because... I think that uh, Rogers well, No, and... we'll,
1: we'll give it its own name. We'll figure out what it is. I, I'm okay, using fine. last dance as a placeholder. Sure. But...
0: Let's uh, let's transition to defense for a second here, because I have two answers to this. And by, a, let me,
1: let me, let me, sorry, let me add one thing real quick. No, hit it. I would yep, take go. Rogers over Mac for the same reasons. If you, if the team wants okay. to move on from Mac, truly Rogers, I, I, I don't think would be to the same level as Brady, but you buy time before you go back into that quarterback carousel once again.
0: So you would rather Rogers than Mac next year. Um, if, yeah, probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, interesting. Barth
1: noted in a lot of Mac Jones guy. Kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying so, if Mac, if if the team doesn't think Mac is the guy. Right, right. You don't, you, you wouldn't just go to, oh, maybe it's Bailey Zappi. No, you bring in Aaron Rodgers, then you go back in the carousel. Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, Two, two comments on this one here. Uh, The patch should Jonathan Abram, who was just released by the Raiders the other day. Um, A, the Packers claimed him off waivers, I believe. Um, and B, the Patriots' safety room is fine. They don't need an additional safety in there. Um, maybe for the future, if this is maybe McCourty's last year, but I still think that room is fine. Um, you have another year, Josh Bledsoe, maybe getting a little bit better. Obviously, you have Duggar and Phillips and Jabril Peppers. Um, so I don't really, th- I don't think a safety is much of a need. So I think that would have just kind of been a little bit of a waste on the defensive end. But you know, what do you think of the Raiders? I guess blowing themselves up again with Jonathan Abram and should the Pats take a chance if it's not the Packers, but I think it is.
1: Yeah. I think it's Packers too. I mean, I've talked about kind of the the lack of depth at safety and especially the issues covering tight ends. Jonathan Abram would be uh, that helps with that. He has struggled this year. Mm -hmm. I, I I wouldn't necessarily call signing him a bad move, but I I wouldn't say it's a move they need to make. If they miss out on him, whatever. Like I, I don't, I miss out is the wrong term. I don't think they'd be missing out on anything. It, It wouldn't be a bad move to sign him, but I don't know how much he like, it'd be good safety depth, but it's not going to be, I I, yeah. I I don't know that it changes their overall season outlook that much if they don't sign him.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. The Patriots somehow have a chance to win the
1: division. Yeah. Barth, do you think they can? If Josh Allen's elbow is really a problem? Yes. Yeah. Uh, if Josh Allen gets healthy and now the bills are pissed off, they'll, they'll show it. They'll, they'll storm down, you know, the stretch here if Josh Allen's really going to have trouble throwing the ball and, and they got some other injuries too, by the way, like they've been beat up all year. Yeah. If Josh Allen's going to look like he did against the Vikings where, you know, the numbers are a little inflated because Minnesota basically let him have a walkthrough before overtime. there, moving the ball down the field. If he's going to look like that and he's turned the ball over left and right. Yeah. The Patriots have shot because I think that every team has a fatal flaw and right. The Patriots have the most division games left. All but one of those games are at home, right? They have four division games left. Three of them are at home. Yeah, one of them's Buffalo, but the rest are all at home. I mean, if they roll through those, Cardinals should be a win. Raiders is only tricky because, like, that's Josh McDaniels' Super Bowl There's familiarity. At this point. You're yeah. going to get their best shot. Truly, the Bengals—you don't know who's going to show up. That's been an inconsistent team. So, yeah, you know, if they win those four, now you're at nine wins. Can you find? Two wins between the, who's it? It's the Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders, and Vikings. Can you find two yep. wins in those four games? I I don't see why not. Now you're at 11. Does 11 wins win this division? Could. I don't know Probably. that it will. Again, if Josh That's- Allen's healthy, it won't. Right. But, like they, I said at the beginning of the season, my big prediction at the beginning of the season, when I, I did the, the, the season preview with Matt Dolph on 98.5, I said the first Bills game will matter some way, yep. some form. Like that game is going, there's going to be stakes in that game. And here we are. And yep, it clearly if, matters. If the, the Bills are kind of, I don't want to say they're backsliding, but again, if, if Josh Allen's hurt to me, it's a, it's a four-way race. If Josh Allen's hurt, it's a four-way race because yeah, we know the Patriots can beat the jets. I still don't believe in the jets just, just because the quarterback, I love their defense, but right. Zach is too much of a liability. The dolphins, it's kind of like, are they peaking too early thing? You know, and yeah, and I gotta... wonder how they go down the stretch. So just dolphins quickly, like two
0: years ago, they started six and three and they ended up not making the playoffs. Right. So they, they've been up and down.
1: And it, you know, is two going to stay healthy. What is that right. offense going to look like coming up to, to Foxborough in the winter? And I think they still have to go to New York too. Uh yeah. Buffalo. Actually. I think they still have to, I think all three of their AFC East games are home. So they got to come up to the cold. Like that feels tricky for them. That's an, that's a, that's a fair weather offense. Um, I, I, I'm laying out the best case scenario here, right. but yes, they do. Um, okay, I, I want to bring I want to bring this one up just because it's something I've talked a lot about. I was Thoughts gonna, on Damien yeah. Harris going forward? What's his future look like in New England with Kevin Harris, uh, Pierre Stronger, Ramondre? I'll just address this for this year. Damien Harris needs to play more. They're putting so much on Ramondre's plate, and I just really don't want to see him get burnt out. Like we just talked about, there's going to be a ton of important games down the stretch here. I want him full go for those games. Bye week certainly helps, but. The the 75, 80% usage rate to me is a little alarming. Damien Harris is a damn good running back. Damn good running back. Use him. Put him on the field. Keep Ramondre fresh. You know, long term, I don't know. They traditionally don't pay running backs. Damien Harris is a guy I look twice at because I think he's a very strong, important voice inside that locker room. He's like a core character guy. And those guys, they will sometimes pay out of character for like other things, whether it's age or position or whatever. Um, Like Slater and McCordy are good examples there. They're guys who are stuck around. I mean, Devin McCourty's always been a really good player. That's just them paying. No, I know, but yeah. I would say more a guy like Dietrich Wise, honestly, is who I would compare Damian Harris to, where he's not necessarily the best player at his position. It's traditionally a position where they don't pay players. Like Matthew Judon's contract is a massive exception to how they usually operate, but it's an important voice in the locker room. He brings versatility. brings a sturdy presence, good depth there's probably still some room for growth in his game with, with wise there was, and you're seeing it now from right. where he's come since he signed that contract. So this is not me saying they're definitely going to resign Damien Harris, but I think the general, they don't pay running backs rule. There may be some more layers to his situation than just that. It's a specific situation, but I'd love to see him play more this year one way or the other. Yeah, I agree again. It's like they need to, you
0: know, they need to, like you said, they need to take some weight off from Andre's back throw as they go here. Um, yeah. did you have one or okay um one other one that was kind of bouncing off um just winning the winning the AFC East right aside from the Bills yeah. game what's the toughest opponent to stretch i go back and forth here and i took a look earlier at what games they need to win and lose etc um in order to give themselves a real chance i was just going through the schedule by you know as i was doing some writing earlier but like i think it's i think here it's between the vikings and the bengals and i can't decide who's who as far as their toughest opponent, because you look at the Vikings and they're what eight and one now after yesterday's win. Yeah. They seem to be revitalized under Kevin O'Connell. You got, you know, Kirk O'Chain's, whatever they're calling him. He's, he's balling out there. So like it's, it's 1 PM Kirk almost every week now, but I mean, they look like a solid team. That game's also in Minnesota, which makes it tough where the Bengals game, the Bengals are also a good team and they're going to, they're going to win some games down the stretch. Barrow's going to be, Barrow's going to turn it on sort of like he did last year. It depends on the health of Jamar Chase too, but that game's in Gillette. So I would say that Minnesota in Minnesota is probably their toughest opponent
1: outside the Bills. Yeah. If we're talking about like which games they have to win, obviously the Bengals game is more important. That's another wild card. Yeah, team. Toughest true. game. Like I said, Minnesota in Minnesota, short week, uh, that, that team's rolling, man. And, and I'll say this too. Like the Bengals are a really talented team, but where they're at their best, actually kind of lines up with some of the Patriots' strengths like Patriots have been good against some of those vertical like true vertical passing offenses uh, Joe Burrow's not a guy who's going to threaten you a ton with his legs right they don't who's their tight end like they don't have a great tight end yeah it's uh Husema
0: no he No, it's was not there last he's on year. the jets um, uh, Hayden to, Hurst I,
1: Hayden Hurst Yeah Hayden Hurst is you know he's not bad but he's not a guy yeah. that uh, he's yeah, one of those.
0: He's, he's just a tight end, just like I talk about, like the Tunyons of the world. And the, right, he's on, on the Robert Tunyon
1: Conklin. Which when when Kyle Duggar's out, there, they've been able to handle those guys. So right, I think vice. I will say though, and I know I'm going to get crap for this, but I don't care. The sneaky, like the trap, we'll call it the trap game, down the stretch here. Yeah, is at the Raiders. That is going to be a sneaky competitive game. Yeah, it is a massive pride game for Josh McDaniels. Like they are going to show up. For that game, that is their Super Bowl. It is yeah. a chance for Josh McDaniels to to justify his uh position. It's gonna get flat, like it's it, it's probably gonna get moved up at the last minute, which I, I don't know how much that affects you, but it's just another thing. Um it's the beginning of they're gonna be out there all week. So they're playing the Raiders on Sunday and they're staying out there to play Arizona on Monday. I it's there's just a lot of weird stuff going on around that yeah, game. And yeah, it's say what you will about how the Raiders have looked. They still have a ton of talent. They still have a ton of talent and they're in games at
0: the end. That's the thing, right? They're not winning them, but they're in a lot of these games yeah. towards the very end. So and, one's going to break have, their way. Eventually
1: when you have guys like Devonte Adams, Darren, I know Darren Waller's hurt, but you know, could he be back? Uh, Josh Jacobs, a guy I, I really like. You look at that pass rush with Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby. Right. Right. I, again, trap game. A call. They should win because the Raiders do have significant flaws, like you mentioned. But trap game. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's
0: that'll do it here for Q and A. Um, you know what? Actually, no. One more. This this will right. uh, this will get you going a little bit. Do you see? Last question here. Do you see any way the Patriots bring back Isaiah Wynn? I think there's
1: absolutely no chance. But let's. What say you? I I could see it. I mean, they okay. They clearly like him enough that they didn't trade him, right? They had opportunities yeah. to trade him. It was a seller's market. They probably would have gotten something good for him. I'm, I'm not talking about the deadline. I'm talking about before the season over the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they probably could have gotten a good offer from him. Like, I could – what do I think will happen? Gut, gut thought, no. No, I don't yeah. think he's back. But sure. would it be the craziest thing in the world to me if they bring him back? and are just like, yeah, we're, you know, we'll move you back to the left side or we'll kick you in a guard. Like you just try to make it work on like a one year, prove it. Yeah. I could see them trying to now the, the other half of the question is, does he want to come back? Because he seems very disinterested here.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's so, kind of why I say, no, is, is it going to work? Is, are they going to mend the fence? Yeah.
1: I, so I was only thinking about it from the Patriots point of view. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he comes back, but I would say this, it would not surprise me at all. If we get a report like right after the season that they're doing their due diligence on Isaiah Wynn and, like, the two sides are talking or something. I could see Yeah, that. And I'm yes. not saying I would. Let him go. Trent's been fine. Let him go. Great tackle class. That's your first-round pick. It's an offensive tackle. We'll, fi- we'll figure out the wide receiver thing some way, somehow. Get, get an offensive tackle. That's what I would do. But yeah. they've done stranger things. So That's fair.
0: Um, all right, let's wrap this up. Barth, quickly, let's do a quick Boston Sports Minute here because there's All a right. lot going on in just about every single uh, aspect of Boston sports. Let's start with, you know, let's get the bat out of the way first, Red Sox. I just think, I heard, uh, so Nate Evaldi, uh was given a qualifying offer, um, but I believe someone who's the EEI, Rob Bradford, reported that yeah they... They're looking to make something happen there. Whether it's a, two, it's a two-year deal for thirty-four million, I think his qualifying offers a year for like nineteen. Where do you think they go with Evaldi? I think, personally, I think he's a guy who would be worth the two years of thirty-four. It's a little bit less money. Guy who you can keep around if you're gonna, if you're gonna end up trying to maybe bring Bogarts back. But even still, you have guys like Devers. You have guys like Story. It's a team that can win now under the right circumstances. So I think of all these good here for two more years.
1: Like I'm, I'm fine. I'm not necessarily opposed to bringing him back. They can't bring him back and say the rotation set. They can't. He's not a number right. one. He's not consistent enough. When he's sure. on, he's a number one. He'll have a, you know a sub three ERA for a month, but then for the next two months, his ERA is around five.
0: So or he'll miss like, or he'll
1: miss ten starts. Or he'll miss hurt. ten starts. Perfect yeah. point. I'll take him as like a two or a three, right? But mm-hmm. he's not a one. I'm, Chris Sale's not a one. I've said this before. I'll say it a million times. Anything you get from Chris Sale is gravy. You count on zero winnings from him and you go from there. Right. Yeah, He's not a number one. It's also been like four years since he's pitched. So who knows what he's going to look like? I'm not opposed to, to bringing back Nathan Evaldi. But if it's Nathan avaldi or Carlos Radon, right? Right. Evaldi, or, or sorry, yeah. Radon, Radon. Yeah. Rodon. If it's Nathan Evaldi or Chris Bassett, Bassett. Guys who have proven they can be at the front of a rotation for a full season. like Yeah, I know. I just just, love
0: Evaldi here. I think
1: he's got those, he's got the, you know. He's got it. And that's why I'm saying I wouldn't run away from him. I wouldn't run away from him. But this is a big-time baseball market. You want to be playing in big-time games. I know Evaldi pitched all those extra innings in the World Series, and that was awesome. You need that Pedro, John Lester, 2018 Chris Sale, like that guy, I to me, Evaldi's one step below that. And there's totally room. There's totally room for that guy on the roster. Again, if they brought, if they signed him and then brought in Redone, hell yeah. Yeah, to it. A yeah, both. Award. Right. But you need that big game pitcher. And I just, I, I know he gets tagged as a big game pitcher. I think he has big game moments. He certainly does. Like, yeah, he's got stones, but yeah. Who's well, that that's guy? that's the that thing. St- Go ahead. He's not that guy that I guess it's, He pitches well in big games. I want the guy who it's a big game when he pitches. Those are two different things. right? That's a good point. And so so, so that's where I'm at on Evaldi. There was one other thing in the chat I saw that uh, I thought, oh, I will say this, though. The other guy I I like. And this Mm -hmm. is maybe where you get the or with Evaldi. I'll give Heimblum, and and this is probably more credit to the medical staff, but they've done a great job rehabbing guys coming off Tommy John. And it's kind of like a torn ACL in football where it's, you know, the second year. Yeah. Did uh, uh, guys really get going? If he's want to sign like a one or two year prove it deal. And they did it last year with James Paxton. He didn't even end up pitching. So right. I'm inclined to believe they will do this. Can't be their only signing again. Go get me a guy like Carlos Rodon, but mm-hmm. I would not hate them going after Noah Syndergaard. I really wouldn't. I, I think there's tremendous upside there. I really, this, I wrote about there. this on 985thesports.com. <laughs> okay. Give me, get me like a, a Redone, Bassett, DeGrom, maybe DeGrom. Like that's an extreme, but like one of those guys. They're not going to do that. Though. They're not going to get to Degrom. They're but I'm saying like that, that category, the top tier, and then bring, okay. bring, either bring back Avaldi or sign Noah Syndergaard. That's kind of where I'm at. Like it, one column A, one column B. Yeah, okay. Cindergard definitely has um, more upside than a guy like Paxton, I would think, what they did last year. Um, exactly, but like, but, yeah. look at a guy like Garrett Whitlock, where he was right. coming off Tommy John and whatever it was. Like They made it work, and um, they had a guy in the bullpen. T- I can't do names tonight. I don't know what it is. But they, they, they've they done well outside of Chris Sale, who I think yeah. is that's more of a Chris Sale issue than a right. Red Sox issue. He weighs 120 pounds. They've done a good job rehabbing these guys, so I'd like to see him take a shot with Syndergaard. Alex Barth, not a Chris Sale guy. I know that from experience. Um, quickly on the Sox, I loved him and I, when he was good. He just doesn't. How can you be a fan of a guy that
0: doesn't play? No, I know. Right, I agree. Uh, with a volley though, quickly, and I want to go back Celtics bees and then get out of here. But um, yeah, just like you said, the big everyone loves this. Like you said, the stones on Avaldi. Yeah. The one game he had those stones, they didn't win the game. That's which true. Is funny, that which is, is kind of it's ironic the way that you know it was it was great. Don't get me wrong, it was like. Heroic, the guy pitched the game before, what have you? But I mean, it was the one game they lost in the series. But anyway, I like Gavaldi. I'd want him back. Uh, let's go Celtics, really fast. Celtics uh, rolling. They play tonight again. Uh, I believe in OKC. Is Jason Tatum the MVP MVP front runner right now in the NBA? Alex Barth, I say yes, and it has no. There's no bias in me having him fourteen to one to win MVP. I truly
1: believe he's the front runner. What do you think? I mean, you look at what Joel Embiid said in the last couple of nights. He's closing that gap. Yeah, but I know. yeah. I'm still
0: Tatum.
1: I. <laughs> I hate it too, but I it's it's still Tatum right now because I I I'm one of these people that gets picky and focuses on the value part of most valuable player, yeah. right? They Embiid had that game and it came down to the final seconds. I mean, they were up three right. with like twenty seconds to go, right? Yeah, Tatum's got them blowing by teams, so I'm still Tatum right now. Ton of season to go. What's encouraging to me about what Jason Tatum's doing the last two or three years, whatever it is. He started season slow and then like late in the season, right? Right around St. Patrick or earlier than that, like February, Groundhog Day. You kind of see that real superstar Jason Tatum come out, right? Yeah. Like last year, we were talking, oh, here we go. It's the Jason Tatum thing again. Sucks at the beginning of the year. There's questions. Then he gets hurt. Then he comes back and he's a superstar for the last two months. He's doing that now. So, well, so here's my thought. What if that trend still continues? What if this is his base? And he Uh, builds this season like he traditionally has built in the past. He's going to run away with the MVP. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know how much room there is for him to grow at this point. I mean, again, he's He's playing playing sensational. And that's not a knock on him. He's playing unbelievably. Like, how much better can you get? But that's my fun little thought is, okay, Jason Tatum traditionally has closed seasons better than he started them. If this is where he's starting, where is this thing going? Totally, so that's yeah. that, that's my fun little Jason Tatum thought.
0: It's a good path. I think Tatum, yeah. like you said, MVP or There's guys like Giannis and Luca and Embiid there, but he's right yeah. in the pack. There's there's no true one right now. And as a Celtics fan and as a but guy who's holding that ticket, I say they, I take
1: Tatum. They reward winning with that award, right? Celtics, totally. Are they the? Are they, did they pass the box? Or are they still second in the league? Uh, I believe they're second by a half game. Okay, but but I mean, still they're, gonna,
0: they're right. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Third team, third or fourth team, I guess, conclu- in uh, including the Patriots, but Bruins. 15 games starting 13 and 2. They're absolutely rolling right now. Uh, it They seem to not be able to find a loss. I think Linus Allmark's undefeated. I think they're undefeated at home. I might be pulling these numbers out of my ass, but I, it, I believe those are correct. Are they peaking too early? Can they win the Stanley Cup? It feels like a team that starts 13 and 2 is automatically peaking too early, but do you think they can continue this type of trend?
1: So, first of they're all, a wagon yes. right now. Wagon. wagon. Thanks, yes, Jake. wagon. I actually think a lot of what they're doing is sustainable. I I liked the Hampus Lindholm trade last year. He's the kind of defenseman they haven't had for a while. Yep. I know Charlie McAvoy is pretty good offensively, but I wouldn't say he's offensive-minded. Like, Hampus Lindholm is a guy who you have to think about in your defensive zone. Like, really, like, he can run, point, and all that. And he had to adjust his game a little bit coming from Anaheim. They play a different style. I think he's done that tremendously. I think he put in a ton of work this offseason, gotten in with the coaching staff. Really, there's a ton of buy-in there from what he's doing. I think most of what they're doing is sustainable. The only guy I wonder about is Omar, because when you see a goalie playing like this, who isn't like Omar's a fine NHL goalie, he's never been this guy. Right. And he has to play a lot right now because Jeremy Swain is hurt. Yep. Can he keep this up? Now, look, I still think even if he regresses a little bit, they can still win a cup playing the way they're playing. Assuming they stay healthy. Are they going to, they're on pace now to win like 60 something games. Like, I don't know about that, but uh, it's, um, yeah, I'll I'll uh, I I do actually think a lot of what they're doing is sustainable. I really do. And I, I, the Lindholm trade, I, I know Sweeney's getting a lot of crap right now, and some of it's deserved. And, and uh, the non hockey related stuff is certainly deserved in regards to Mitchell Miller. But right, that Hampus Lindholm trade really is a chance Outstand, to, to yeah flip things because that looks brilliant right now. That guy, you talk about bringing in everything you needed. That guy's everything you need. So, so that's or, go uh, ahead. Then I want to throw no, I'll go first. Here. Yeah, that's sort of the thing with it's. It's why that Mitch, the whole Mitchell Miller
0: saga is so so much more confusing than it even should be. It's like they've been under pat, bad PR fire forever. People don't like Sweeney. People don't like Neely. Whatever. They then they get rid of Cassidy. They get DeBrusque back. They get uh, Bergeron back. They get Krejci back. They make the the Lindholm trade. Things are rolling. And then they do that, the stupid, stupid Mitchell Miller decision. And it's like, what are we doing? They're not fully past it. Of course, you know, that's going to, that's going to stick around for quite some time. But again, like you said, that the Lindholm thing was great and Sweeney was doing so much good and they did that nonsense, but what do you got?
1: Yeah. So I, I, I'm not a huge soccer guy, but I think okay. this begins this week. Right. When does the world I it, Cup start? I think it
0: starts Sunday or next month, the
1: 20th. So Sunday. Okay. So yeah I, yeah, I knew the US's first match was on the 21st. I didn't know if there was like games before that or how many date, like how many right. days in what they're playing. I'm really not a soccer guy. I'll admit it, yeah, I'm either. not. But I get in I get into the World Cup. I do. Because if you give me rooting interest in something, I'll watch whatever. Yep. Um especially if there's stakes. Like with the World Cup, obviously there's a ton of stakes. Like I watched the uh the Euro final. Remember when England was in it? It was a big deal. Um, yeah. Family friend who's British, so I watched with him, and I'm all of a sudden okay. I'm locked in. It was great, yeah. Um,
0: I'm looking forward to it too. I've got, I'm actually doing some uh, some gambling content on clnsmedia.com okay. revolving around the world, world cup, so you can check that out this week on there too.
1: So I know Matt Turner is a goalie for the US, I don't know if he's the starter. Um, I, okay. I pretty much remember the last time they were in it eight years ago. They had that crazy game against, uh, it was a, it, was Portugal, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And, uh, Ronaldo and all of that. Um, uh, I'm honestly going to kind of look into the team this week now that I know it's starting next week. Yeah. And familiarize myself Pulitz, a little Christian, bit. But Christian, Christian Pulici- Pulicic is Christian Pulisic, their, their Yeah, game. I know about Pulisic, him. Whatever. Uh, Josie Altador still thing. I was a big Josie Altador. I don't guy think so. He just got hurt all the time. Like, he was fun watching yeah. him plays a tank and then he get hurt every other game. But, yep. um, I am uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be locked in. The, any sport being played at the highest level, I don't care what the sport is, mm-hmm. is always fun. I'm with because you. Because you're seeing the best of the best, and there's a ton on the line, and that's great. So I'm Olympics. I'm very excited for
0: Olympics, for example. Watching a guy like Michael Phelps. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's good stuff. Shout out Bentley Swim and Dive. My girlfriend was a swimmer there. I'm wearing a swimming hat right now. So, so wait, it's I,
1: somebody in the chat. It's Polisic. I thought it was Polisic. This is Polisic. Okay. Yeah, maybe it is. Again, well, I'm going to do my research this week.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it for our Boston Sports Minute. Um, that's it for our Patriots Beat episode tonight. Uh, we will be back on Thursday to preview Patriots versus Jets coming up uh, this Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, again, we'll do more of a deep dive offensive defense, special teams, kind of get back into our mojo there. Um, but for now, uh, for Alex Barth, I'm Mike Kadlich. Uh Thanks for watching our Q&A. And again, we'll be back on Thursday, so thank you all for watching.